morning, brothers and sisters. Good morning. Good morning. I'm thankful for the opportunity to speak to you today about the things that God has opened up for us in these last days. Yes. We live in a day where you can know things that were a total mystery from the creation of the world. Many righteous men who lived long before us desired to know the things that we know. Now from heaven's perspective, they know it. And they were not made perfect without us. Mm -hmm. But praise God that we live in such a time. Amen. We are continuing in our series on the person of Jesus Christ. This will be lesson number 55 in our series. Our text is found in several places. But primarily will be in Revelation chapter 19 verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice. Mm -hmm. And give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife had made herself ready. Yeah. Today we will explore this stirring consideration of our precious Lord Jesus, that he is the bridegroom. Yeah. In fact, it's something that Jesus called himself in the scripture on three different occasions. Mark 2.19, Matthew 9.15, and Luke 5.34. And most of us here today understand what a wedding is and have a proper view of marriage. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, we live in perilous times where the very institution of marriage is under an all-out assault uh -huh. by the forces of darkness. Some things concerning marriage are easily spotted for grievous error. For example, even, spirit, even the spiritual infants know that Men marrying men and women marrying women is totally out of order. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm speaking of the subtle things that Satan would employ. Mm -hmm. Things that cause us to hold a view of marriage that is purely sensual mm -hmm. or purely earthly or purely carnal. And you will see a lot of this taught in the church today that they view marriage as a, as a purely fleshly institution. Thank God that we have a true and faithful account of these things. Mm -hmm. And that we these things are spiritually discerned. Mm -hmm. Where we can form a foundation of a proper thinking concerning marriage. The first marriage in the scripture was instituted. Mm -hmm. And arranged. And established by God himself. At the advent of the creation of man. After the creation of the world, God said, and the Lord, and the Lord God said, it is not good mm -hmm. that man should be alone. Mm -hmm. I will make him and help me for him. Yes. At this time, there was no curse. Mm -hmm. There was no sin. There was no hardship or toil mm -hmm. or sweat or shame. Adam didn't need help dealing with his problems. It was not good for him to be alone still. It was not good for that man should be employed in the work of God all on his own. This wasn't a helper to work for Adam like a slave. That's not why. He wasn't created as a slave for Adam. That's right. This would be a helper not to work for Adam, but to work with Adam. Amen. We're talking about the foundations of marriage here. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> From the beginning now, God told us it's not good for man to be alone. 
It's good for man to have companionship. It's good for man to have fellowship. It's good for a man to have help. Marriage is intended for you and your husband or wife to be heirs together yes. of the grace of life. Yes. Now, this would also be a work that was not performed until it was desired by Adam. Mm -hmm. If you remember, after he named the animals, it is written, but for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't believe that he was actually looking for a helpmeet from animals. Yeah. God had created all of the animals and created them to multiply on the face of the earth. And so he had already made them male and female. And Adam had the wisdom to name all of the animals, didn't he? So in his wisdom, he understood. He perceived that the animals he named had helpers, but he himself did not. It's almost like it awakened a desire within him for the same. Yeah. It was after this desire was awakened that God supplied him with his desire and one that would come from his own side. Be a help me that would come from his own side that belonged at his side. After God had made the woman from the rib of the man, he brought her to him. And Adam prophetically spoke. He said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh and shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. That is the commandment of marriage. Mm -hmm. And it's a principle that continues to this very day. Mm -hmm. And practically every nation in the world, despite kindred, despite location, despite tongue, this principle exists. And it, it represents an even deeper spiritual reality. Mm -hmm. For here it is, even in the second chapter of the Bible, the first type of God preparing a bride mm -hmm. for his son and then bringing that bride to him. And he clave unto her mm -hmm. and was one spirit. Mm -hmm. We are speaking today about Jesus Christ, who is the bridegroom. And I endeavor to lay a proper foundation for this consideration. In salvation, the redeemed are the creation of God. Mm -hmm. They are a new creation. We are of Jew and Gentile made of one new man. Amen. Eve was taken of man and was made the first woman. And the redeemed are taken part of the glorified Christ and made one new man. Eve was a part of Adam's body. And we are the members of Christ's body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Apostle Paul himself made this connection when he said, For we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. And then he states the, the same thing that Adam said. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife. And the two shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery.
mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Amen. See, th th this, is the, this is the deeper spiritual implications that we're talking about mm -hmm. when we're talking about marriage. God brought Eve to Adam. The Father has brought these people that the Father has brought us to the Son and has given them to him by drawing them. Just as Jesus said, he said, no one, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day. This type is also seen elsewhere in the scripture. It's actually seen in the book of beginnings in Genesis, mm -hmm. where Abraham actually sent for a bride mm -hmm. for his son Isaac. Mm -hmm. You know, in many parts of the world today, especially, especially among Orthodox Jews, mm -hmm. many marriages are still arranged yeah. after this fashion. Mm -hmm. They're arranged by a matchmaker called a Shah Khan which is a, considered to be a holy vocation. Mm -hmm. Of course, consent has always been part of an arrangement. Mm -hmm. There is a difference between an arranged marriage and a forced marriage. Mm -hmm. Marriage was never intended to be between two unwilling parties. Mm -hmm. It was never intended to be that way. In fact, Paul said, but if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us to peace. Mm -hmm. You see, even though Rebecca was chosen and the marriage, in a sense, arranged by God, she willingly went. She willingly went with Abraham's servant to marry Isaac. As God has said, her desire was for her husband even though she had never met him face to face. In the exact same manner, Jesus' bride has not only been prepared and arranged by the Father, but it is also a willing arrangement. Mm -hmm. We are willing to see him face to face. Yeah. We are willing to marry him. Rebecca was given precious things yeah. that testified of the goodness of Jacob. And we have been giving exceedingly great and precious things that testifies to the goodness of the bridegroom. And having this earnest, we most willingly forsake even our own family and go. Yeah. Jesus will not be marrying an unwilling bride. Mm. Mm. He will not. He will not be marrying an unfaithful bride. Yeah. The scripture testifies of this too. No wife of the patriarchs were unfaithful. Mm -hmm. Just look it up for yourself. Mm -hmm. Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Yeah. Jesus' bride is faithful mm -hmm. and sincere. It's why it's out of order for wives not to submit to their husbands. It's why it's out of order. Because it's this way in the spirit. Mm -hmm. The body of Christ in the end will not consist of those who simply showed up to church on Sunday or said a prayer every now and then. The wedding feast will not be filled with pretenders. Right. It requires more than just a profession. Mm -hmm. Godliness must be proved yeah. by an inward vitality 
and an outward holiness. See, we are in this world, but we are not of the world. And contrawise, there are some who are in the church, but not of the church. See, God's enemies aren't like all outside the church walls, brother. Remember, there was a man in the scripture who was at the wedding feast. He was actually there. He came. He was at the feast. But he didn't have a wedding garment on. And this wasn't like an honest mistake, okay? This revealed who he really was. To re- actually reveal his intentions and everything. Mm-hmm. It didn't really seem to bother him that everyone else was wearing special garments except for him. Mm-hmm. There are some people who go to the church building and they know of other people who actually live for God, but they really want nothing of it themselves. They're commit, they're, they're, they are content to remain as they are. And to not change and expect to receive the same treatment of the Lord as his wife will receive. This feast was intended to honor the son. But this man wasn't there to honor the son. He was there, no doubt, to eat of all the good things. And to take part, maybe, in the ceremony. But he obviously had no respect For the prince. Mm -hmm. There was an enemy at the feast. You see, he was in it, but he was not of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they tied him up and they took him away and they cast him into outer darkness. And they did the same thing to the unprofitable servant, didn't they? Mm -hmm. Which which are really one in the same. Mm -hmm. They're really one in the same. We are speaking today about the things that relate to Christ being the bridegroom. Mm -hmm. The point is, if Jesus does not have the throne of our heart, we can expect no good thing from him, Mm -hmm. let alone be joined with him in an intimate way. Mm -hmm. In the end, if you cannot be presented to Christ as a chaste virgin, Mm -hmm. then there will be no consummation pertaining you. Jesus will not marry someone who was betrothed to the world. Mm -hmm. He will not wed a harlot. Mm -hmm. And if you cannot be wed to Christ, then you have wasted your life. Mm -hmm. It is said of the redeemed, These are they which were not defiled Mm -hmm. with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the, the, the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. They were the center. He was the center of their affection. These were redeemed from among men being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. The redeemed are concerned with what they are wearing for the Lord. Even, even in the midst of great opposition and hardship. These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. They did it. In the midst of opposition, they did it because of their love for him. You've got to be righteous. It says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Jesus said, except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. 
Ye shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. And this righteousness is our wedding garment. Yeah. Isaiah said, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. This is a perception of what he's done now. Yeah. You, you, you'll rejoice in the Lord when you can see what he's done. Yes. Mm -hmm. I will greatly rejoice for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with a robe of righteousness mm -hmm. as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments. And as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. Amen. She does that to please her husband. It's well pleasing to him. Christ loves righteousness. Yeah. And God said, thou hast loved righteousness. Talking to his son. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the joy of gladness above thy fellows. Amen. It's not enough just to show up to church. You have to have your wedding garments on. Yeah, yeah. We are perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord because there is no unholy union that will take place on the day that Christ comes to be forever united with us. And just as in marriage here, where it is written, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. It is also written, he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Amen. There's a holy union. Mm -hmm. A blessed consummation of the redeemed and the redeemer at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife had made herself ready right now is your business to get ready for the wedding supper. Amen. It's, going, it's going to require you to be separate from the things that do not prepare you and to, to obtain the things that do prepare you. Amen. Remember the ten virgins. They went out to meet the bridegroom. Yes, they did. Now, they, they all went out. Every one of them departed from the world and went out to meet the bridegroom. But when the bridegroom came, five of them weren't ready. Mm -hmm. They ran out of oil. Being ready means not only getting clean, but staying clean. Mm -hmm. Enduring to the end. Should he tarry another day? Jesus, the bridegroom, is coming for his bride. And there is no excuse not to be ready for the wedding day. He has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. The apostolic teachings presented to us are, are presented to us to the intent to present you to Christ as a chaste virgin. Yes. Paul said, he said this to the Corinthians. He said, I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, mm -hmm. that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. That was his aim. That's the aim of good preaching and teaching. It's to present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Amen. See, there are, there are teachings that lure unsuspecting and unwatchful pilgrims into the defilement of spiritual adultery. And that's why Paul was jealous. Because he had labored to present them to Christ. And he would not 
see that effort be in vain. There are teachings that are designed to subvert people. Not even, not even John the Baptist allowed a view that distracted from Christ. He said, he that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and heareth him rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy therefore is fulfilled. He must increase. But I must decrease. Mm -hmm. Jesus deser deserves a chaste virgin. And he will have one. Mm -hmm. He loved us. And he provided everything that we need to be ready. See, yes. we're, but we're not getting ready in our own strength. He has, like a faithful husband, provided all that we need to be the bride that he deserves. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. They, they, they are they which follow the Lamb wherever He goes. This is a precious truth. That Jesus Christ is not just our Lord. He is not just our Master. He is not just our Maker. He is not just our Savior. He is not just our priest. He is not only an intercessor and a mediator. He is not just your friend. But he is the bridegroom. Our connection with Christ is closer than that of a husband and wife. The association of Christ with his church is even more real than that of Adam and Eve. It's a deeper, it's more profound, it's more captivating, it's more personal. Mm -hmm. It's a spiritual connection, an infinite spiritual connection. It's a oneness. Mm -hmm. It's a connection that Jesus himself longs for just as much. And I would, I would argue even more than we were able to long for him, mm -hmm. he longs for us. We love him because he first loved us. Isaiah said, For as a young man marrieth a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee. And as a bridegroom rejoiceth over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. Jesus desires for us to be where he is. He said, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will receive you unto myself, that where I am, mm -hmm. ye may be also. Yeah. He desires this. He earnestly desires this consummation. You have to see this. This is why it's absolutely out of order for husbands not to love their wives. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus loves the church. Yes. It says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, yeah. that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, yeah. Yeah. not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Mm -hmm. You're going to see him face the... We, are, we collectively, yes. one body are going to see him face to face 
If you have that hope in you, you will purify yourself, Amen. even as he is pure. Amen. There's a great anticipation, not, not just for us to be wed to Christ. That's a great anticipation. But Jesus shares in that anticipation. Jesus is not sitting in heaven detached from this anticipation. One day he will be returning for his bride. Amen. And it's written, but of that day. An hour knoweth no man. Mm -hmm. No, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Why doesn't he know? Why would God withhold this from the Son? Especially after it is stated that God set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world and that which is to come, and that he had put all things under his feet. And Jesus himself said, The Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into his hand. He said, All things are delivered to me by the Father. He said, All power is given to me in heaven and the earth. Why doesn't he know this? Because he is sharing in this blessed anticipation mm -hmm. when he will be forever united with us. Mm -hmm. Every day. Every day he eagerly awaits the signal from the Father. Is it today? Is it today? And if you have that anticipation, there's a fellowship there yeah. with the mm -hmm. risen Savior. Mm -hmm. It's not a one-sided anticipation. Anymore as anything in, in marriage is one-sided. There's a sharing. There's a mutual commitment. Mm -hmm. If you can see that, you will love him more. You will. Mm -hmm. This is a joyous occasion. Yeah. We are going to be wed to Christ himself. Let us rejoice. Yes. Gladness and rejoicing. This is how God would have us consider the bride and the bridegroom. Yeah. Gladness and rejoicing. In fact, bridegroom is mentioned 20 times in the scripture and it's almost always used in the context of rejoicing and is used in conjunction with joy and gladness and honor and praise and adoration. That's where it's used. And to her it was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Mm -hmm. And he said unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called into the marriage Amen. supper of the Lamb. Amen. We haven't always been ready to marry a righteous and a holy God, but he's made us ready to be joined with perfection. That's rejoicing. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. He's our first love. Yeah. And the spirit and the bride mm -hmm. say, come. Yeah. They always say, come. The bride always says, come. Amen. The spirit always says, come. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful for this blessed arrangement. Amen. The union of a man and wife, one flesh, a mystery, 
a blessed type of life in Christ, a oneness we shall be. From the start he testified, a woman made of man, from the bone upon his side and brought her by the hand. So we are the body of Christ, a holy new creation, a part of Christ that's glorified and God gave us to him. A connection much more deep and wide than marriage that's on earth, than marriage to a fleshly bride. This is a spiritual new birth. Betrothed are we to our bridegroom, and ready we must be to separate and make him room and be ready for the feast. <clears throat> for if you can't be wed to Christ after living in this place, then you have wasted all your life and have failed to seek his face. Do you have your garments on? Are they washed and clean? Will you sing that one new song and be presented to the king? Jesus is eager now to come and to gather up his bride, his lovely wife, his chosen one, who's ever at his side. Thank you, brother. Amen. I'd like to open up for discussion and comments now, if anybody has any. Brother Robert. Yeah, you brought up the, uh, the wise and the foolish virgins. You know, they all started out well. They all had, they had their lamps were burning at the beginning. But it was the endurance. See, some of them didn't weren't able to endure unto the end. But see, he's willing. God's willing to, to help us to endure. But see, we have to be faithful. They, they, they were found to be not faithful. They let their lamps go out. So this is, this is see, we're called to be, you mentioned this, willing. See, the question, at the beginning, you were willing. People were willing and they gave, they made the said the, with the words, "I'll give everything up if I can know Christ." But over time, they they didn't stay willing. Other things encroached in, and it didn't seem like an encroachment at the time. I mean, I've I've experienced this where it it, it it's it's like it's not as vibrant. You know, it's not as it, it seems like it's not as critical as it once was. But it is still very much critical that we stay with Christ and keep our focus on Him. So this this is um, a, a good reminder of what, what it means to be the bride of Christ and what the responsibilities are to be the bride of Christ. This isn't something that you gamble with. You know, I, I've heard stories that the people went and gambled away all everything they had at the casinos and stuff, and they lost everything. Well, see, that a person can, could recover from that, but they can't recover from this. When Jesus comes back, if you're not ready, well, we already know. You made a claim. Yeah. See, we've lost everything. So Christ is going to give us everything if we'll just stay with him. Amen. So I praise God for salvation and that he hasn't hid it away. It's, it, it's knowable if you want to know it. Brother Gibbon. It's good that tailored marriage mm -hmm. after this marriage you talked about. Yes. It isn't that the, the marriage to Christ is like Amen. Uh -huh. marriage here. 
said, that's why you can't tamper with marriage. Amen. Because it's an intentional type of Christ. Amen. So if you have marriage that involves male, male and male and female and female, that's it's unlike. This is something God doesn't do. Amen. The marriage on purpose is tailored into the marriage of Christ and the church. So when you realize that, that's why it says be holy as he is holy. That's the one we're being tailored and equipped and schooled to be Christ's wife. Amen. What a thought. Amen. Brother David. In um, Psalm 45, I think this was originally written for uh, perhaps the wedding of Solomon, maybe. But I see it, uh, these verses here speak about us being betrothed to Christ. And I'll just read these verses Psalm 45, 13 and 14. The king's daughter. Is all glorious within. Mm-hmm. Her clothing is of rock gold. Yeah. She yeah. shall be brought unto the king in raiment of needlework. The virgins, her companions that follow her, shall be brought unto the. And it describes the, the beauty of uh, our salvation, our the righteousness of God. That's what we are clothed in. It describes how beautiful that is. And. The, there's an anticipation for this to be joined to Christ, to be uh, to be with Him forever, never uh, to be apart again. There's Amen. A, Amen. There's an anticipation, like you mentioned, that our Lord Jesus Christ is eagerly anticipating this, and we are too. Uh, I want to be found. Ready with no spot or blemish or any such thing to be prepared to be with him. And, uh, I, I think this uh, wedding feast is going to happen pretty soon. Sooner than we know, I think. Mm-hmm. Amen. The Robert. I like this song, and you developed this song, this, this being a helper. Now, you know, it's one thing, I remember growing up and I would help my father. I didn't have a choice. And, you know, I was his son, and when he said, come here, do this, I did it. And, but, but see, it was training you for something. To see, that they, to be a Christ helper? I mean, is there a, is there a higher calling than that? Amen. To be the helper of the one who created all things. I mean, Amen. this is a, quite an amazing thing that God's done in Christ. He's, he sent him here to be to be born of a woman, so he, he, he talk about somebody who can have compassion. He can have, he has compassion, but he's called us up out of this, this realm of, of, I mean, down here there's the devil, is, he's the god of this world, right? But he's called us out of this world, and then to be forever a helper. That, that's just, what a high calling it is in Christ Jesus. So see, now we're in the church, we're kind of learning this. We're, we're helpers of one another. You know, we accentuate each one. We don't have it all. But as a body, we come together and we help one another. We're being trained for something higher. Amen. 
Brother David, I did really appreciate what you explained about the helper. That uh, she, Eve was not to be a slave of Adam or work for him, but to work with him. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. That's very good that you brought that out. It's not understood well. We're fellow workers with God. Mm -hmm. Yes, amen. Amen. Yeah, Romans 16, 3 says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ. They helped him. Now, Paul had the greater ministry, but see, they joined into that. Yeah? Amen. He said, it is a light thing mm -hmm. that thou shouldest be my servant yeah. to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of yes. Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles That's right. that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. They're going to reign with Christ. We're going to reign with Christ forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brethren. Thank Sister you. Tanya has our song for the Lord's Supper, and Brother David has our meditation for the Lord's Table. Mm -hmm.